Broncos. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest. He's a filmmaker. His name is Matthew Landman, and he made a film titled Frankenskies. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see uh, his website in the background, www.frankenskiesthemovie.com. And it is about really geoengineering and the whole process. And he does an excellent job of going really back to uh, the beginnings of when this whole kind of uh, technology really began after World War, well, actually before World War II in some ways. So he can talk more about that. So Matthew Landman, are you there? Hi, thank you so much for having me on and for giving me up the opportunity to talk about Frankenskies. It's a weather modification geoengineering documentary. Um, it goes through the chronological timeline of the whole process, how the military industrial complex sharpened their tools that they now have today began in 1915 with Hatfield uh, making it rain in San Diego. The film begins in the 1920s with stock footage from the military complex. I mean, just putting their foot in their own mouth, basically, until we get to when I filmed the um, footage I got was from 2015. But yeah, thank you again. Yeah, no, great. I mean, maybe that's how you can start. We'll talk, talk about your past, what led you to become a filmmaker, and then choose this. Why did you choose this subject? Well, um, I always wanted to get into making films because I thought it was a great way of expressing artistically and you can get to different people that way and whatnot. I never thought it was going to be activism. I grew up in the DC metropolitan area and I did know 9-11 was nonsense after a couple of years and a couple of documentaries and whatnot. And I guess subconsciously I realized the impact that a documentary could have because it really changed my perspective of the entire world. But it took me a couple decades, I'm now 41, and it took me some time to, to really start to look at the world and the skies differently. I had worked 40 different jobs, and I ended up going back to school and got a master's, an MBA master's in business, graduated top of my class, and again, I was working finance, and finally, I was offered, I had the opportunity, you know, I was offered to work uh, an unskilled job on a farm, just working hard on an organic farm, and I took the opportunity because I wanted to do something totally different. And where I was living in rural Northern California, where I'd gone to schools, this total agricultural community with very sparse air traffic. And after a year of working on this farm and literally getting grounded and learning so much, I thought I knew everything. You know how you get kind of cocky in the, your mid thirties and you think you know everything and then you start to learn more and more. I didn't know about different varieties of food. I swore there were only four or five apples, different varieties on earth. I didn't know potatoes grew potatoes, plop a potato in the ground, and it's abundance right there. There's so much they don't want us to know, and it's all so simple. So after a year on the farm, I witnessed weather engineering firsthand, where um, an abnormal uptick in air traffic showed up on the edge of a big black storm, and they zigzagged the sky, leaving these persistent linear cirrus cloud formations out of the jets. So there were so many cues for me. It was an, it was an uptick, statistical anomaly, so much more air traffic than usual, and then they were all on the edge of a storm, and then they were all leaving these lines out of the back of the jet, and then the storm didn't drop any rain. And I kind of tabled the memory for a few weeks until someone said the word chemtrails, and I looked it up on the internet, and then it all kind of came unraveling. And that's how my real activism quest began, and I started to merge the skills that I had, filmmaking, and, well, being kind of just aware and smart about things and whatnot. And after I started digging and seeing the movies that existed, I didn't think they had done due justice to the topic. Um, it wasn't enough, you know, there was 
a lot that you know was questionable or corollary and not causal because in my education I learned about causal relationships and correlation you know and and you can't just see things corollary and say that it's aha that that's making that happen or, or what have you you know you got to be smart with your presentation especially when it comes to something that the military has swept under the rug I mean not just the military the whole dark ops secret you know all the bad guys or whatever they've come up with the term conspiracy theory and all that and you're up against so much so you've got to do a good job presenting the information so once I realized that I had to try to do it justice because no one was doing a good job I decided to make Franken's guys and get the activism together with conferences and it really unraveled from there when I started trying to figure out who's who in the activism community and what could be done. I started having conferences to get all the faces together. And then Bill Gates was trying to dim the sun down in Tucson, Arizona. So I moved to Arizona, had a big conference down there and put that whole experiment on hiatus. And it's now moved to Sweden. And it's just one day at a time with trusting, you know, my journey as an activist. And it's even evolved into having this EMF protective clothing line that I also have. And now I'm working on Franken's guys too. And you know, it's just it just keeps on going. So when, when do you when would you say that you really became an activist in this field in this or area? Uh, Twenty fifteen is when I devoted my life to chemtrails. Gotcha. Um, to just so, passing out flyers and really digging in, and then twenty seventeen, I finally came out with the movie, which it kept getting delayed, but that in retrospect was a godsend because the mainstream media was to launch the idea of geoengineering to save us from global warming. And this was also new. Geoengineering is the spraying of aerosolized chemicals in front of the sun to dim the sun, to dim the sky. Right. It presented as like a new idea, right? Right. Like it was some kind of new technology. Idea. And I, I think you conclusively showed they've been tinkering around with geoengineering for a long time, at least 100 years, right? So, it, But much more serious, I would say. Would you agree that they really started to get into it after World War II or was it before that? Well, the United Nations came together after Vietnam, after they, the whole world witnessed that we could seriously mess with the weather when we created floods in the 60s. And the United Nations voted 52 countries to zero to ban weather warfare, because if every country was messing with the weather, it would just be chaos on Earth. So there's no weather warfare allowed, but there was this kind of weird caveat that you could experiment on your populace, on your population. So there's a lot of weather warfare going on still, but it's on ourselves, which is odd, questionable as to you know what's going on there. But I would say the 60s is when they really got it going. And um, until then, they were dumping um, dry ice in the atmosphere to seed clouds, which is frozen carbon dioxide. And it does a great job, but then they started tinkering with other chemicals and then learning that you can make it rain and make it not rain, and then intersecting radio waves, heart Tesla technology to superheat atmospheres and bend jet streams, and it all starts getting really advanced and scientific. And right, they and go into the ionosphere, like really serious, you know, different levels of uh, the atmosphere. It's really incredible. Yeah, it's, it's there's a lot to work with when you can start to work with all of the uh, the three the three D aspects. And mixing all these different chemicals there's so many ongoing programs that people don't know us know about so nasa has a program called care c-a-r-e and their chemtrail program department of energy has a chemtrail program um, the cia has a chemtrail program they're kind of just loosely talking about it in the film franken skies which you know when they're trying to tell us it's a brand new idea and they're going to experiment and possibly dim the sun in the future to save us from ourselves but then you see for decades they've been you know 
basically doing it ongoing. And then when you look at the constituents, aluminum, barium, and strontium, and these are patented fire accelerants, and the West is a fire, and the West is being droughted, and there's so many different things happening. When you learn that they can exacerbate or quell hurricanes, you know, and they're obviously not quelling them, and then you can put out forest fires by seeding rain, and they don't even talk about it. The most see, I, one thing I want to say before I pass it to you for a second is it's amazing how the the consciousness has shifted. In the '70s, there's newspaper articles all over the place about making it rain. Farmers would even seed clouds as they came by, and they wouldn't just seed the clouds to make it rain. They would seed them with fertilizers um, like potassium and stuff and make it rain um, nutrients on their crops. It was common knowledge that you can make rain to quell drought, to fill reservoirs and whatnot. And then here we are 50 years later, basically, and the common knowledge has been silenced through control of information, control of the you know, information sources on the internet and what have you, and this kind of forgetting of this very obvious information. If we can make it rain on uh, ski resorts or hydro dams, we can and could very well make it rain on drought-stricken areas, but we don't, and why, you know? Right, so it's a matter of control. And I think that you had this really fascinating uh, clip of LBJ talking about the uses of weather warfare, and then they were doing it in Vietnam. Can you kind of expand on that, that kind of time frame of uh, those experiments and what was going on? Well, just as JFK um, came into office, he was referencing um, control of the weather in a, in a positive manner. You know, um, JFK was one of the last good guys, it seems. And then after his assassination, Lyndon B. Johnson, he gives a speech and if you're an empath or if you just can kind of read people, he's gritting his teeth and his eyes are black. And he says, control the weather, control the world. And from that point forth, it kind of goes black ops. And it's not for the common good. It's for the um, not so common good and, and as a tool of control, you know, weaponized control, consolidation of farmlands and uh, attack on Iran to, or, or whoever our enemies are covert kind of uh, weather engineering warfare. But it seems like at that precipice, the technology ramped up into this whole new world of, um, well, the, it's HARP technology, H-A-A-R-P is an acronym, and it started in Alaska. And that it st stands for the, um, I believe, uh, High Auroral um, Active Research Program or Highly Active Auroral Research Program. And what it is, it's a, a field of antennas about 40 feet tall. Uh, hundreds of antennas, and they they um, intersect radio waves in the atmosphere. So they pick um, a, a massive area in the atmosphere. It can be miles of area in the atmosphere, and they'll have these antennas point at that area and then have these um, radio waves intersect, and they're basically microwaving a portion of the atmosphere to heat it up. Well, if you lay out aluminum and barium and you're mixing chemicals in the atmosphere, and then these metallics are also heated up, you can create heat waves and heat bubbles and steer jet streams and do so much more than just make it rain or not rain. You know, you can you can really twist systems and create these derechos or, you know, ice storms in Austin out of season or these polar vortexes or these blobs. They give them all these names, all these different, you know, heat waves and droughts and once in a thousand year uh, storms that we keep getting flooding, you know, South Carolina or whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, it's just 
they, the big they, sharpening their tools and researching, experimenting on, on us and to what ends. It's, it all seems pretty nefarious if you look at it. Yeah, it is. And I mean, then you're into the Frankenskies territory where they, it's a witch's brew of certain different things they can implement. And you showed in your film, there was one city where they like brought worrying down with such an extent that like boulders were coming down the street. I can't remember where that was offhand, but I was like, wow, this is super powerful. Like they can really play God in a way. Well, that town in the UK that was, re that was experimented upon and that footage was from like the seventies, I believe that, or maybe even earlier, someone contacted me very recently and said that that town was actually wiped off the map in recent, um, very recent uh, floodings and what have you, and engineered floodings and what have you. And what happens is the media takes these headlines of floods or drought or whatever, and they spin it out of control, getting people embraced, embracing fear, you know, without any solutions. And then the only solution that they have that they're presenting to them is dimming the sun to they they put it all under the umbrella of global warming which it's you know climate change i guess you could it makes a little bit more sense but it's all this hegelian dialectic problem reaction solution where they create the problem and then the solution is the problem and we're just in fear eating it up because we don't realize you know that they could actually do something so horrid you know but the, the history speaks for itself so if you can wrap your head around the history and understand the film Frankenstein's, which Anyone out there should at least watch the first 20, 30 minutes to sink their teeth into it. I've had so many people that are non-believers of anything of this nature. And you watch the film. It's not a narration of some guy trying to convince you. It's historical footage. 1920s, right. 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. footage, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. And once you get to modern day and they've turned it to this normalizing of the dimming of our skies, but not telling us the tools that they have, it becomes very obvious that something, I mean, I keep saying the word nefarious, but the truth is being hidden, you know? Sinister, and I, and I, yeah. yeah, it's very sinister. Yeah, and it is sinister. I mean, what's the whole argument between contrails and chemtrails? Can you uh, tell the listeners what the difference is and, and why some of these lines are definitely not contrails? So the contrail chemtrail story, that's a really fascinating one. And to fully wrap your head around it, um, to, to understand what controlled opposition is and controlling the narrative. And basically, it goes all the way back to the Black Panthers. The, the, the US, the CIA, the FBI, they were pretty afraid that the Black Panthers might get some traction in the African-American community so that they were, they were infiltrated and they were kind of taken over by the government. Since then, a lot of activism in different um, spaces, in, including just vernacular or turn the, um, all of this ridicule psychology through different media conglomerates and whatnot, the control mechanisms have gotten so diverse, it's pretty confusing for the normal person to understand how deep it goes and that even words like contrail and chemtrail are put into the vernacular to polarize things. And we live in this dualistic up, down, left, right um, polarity, dualistic world where it's easy for us to then grab a hold of this and then create this controlled debate. These think tanks come together, create these words like conspiracy theorists. That was a word created after JFK was assassinated and it's been propagated by the control mechanisms to divide the public. It's very, very smart. So to wrap your head around it, first I was out in the world 
trying to explain and convince people the difference between chemtrails and contrails. The real truth that I slowly unraveled is the contrail is actually a con in and of itself. So the story that the mainstream or the CIA or the geoengineers or the the boogie guys, bad guys, the they, you know, some people don't like that word they because it's a big word and it's been demonized. It makes you seem like a conspiracy theorist. But either way, the they want us to argue over a contrail is the short trail. And that's when there's certain humidity in the atmosphere and the hot air coming out of the jet creates um, a condensation uh, trail is what it's, it's supposed to be. Condensation, like your breath coming out of, of your mouth on a hot day because of the, I mean, on a cold day, sorry. The moisture um, becomes a fog on a cold day. And it's the same principle in the atmosphere, they say. And then you're supposed to debate, well, what about the long line? Oh, well, the long line is actually a chemtrail. It's aluminum, barium, strontium, and whatever. That one's a contrail. That one's a chemtrail. That's a controlled kind of weird debate that we're supposed to confusion tactic be arguing on even right now, we're supposed to be like in this debate. The real truth is in 1964, Rolls-Royce started creating these high bypass turbofan jet engines. They're very efficient jet engines. They're two tons, titanium and steel. And if you know your conspiracy theories, they smashed into the Pentagon, but left no marks and disappeared and didn't even break the glass, um, which is very questionable. So these titanium and steel turbofan jet engines they don't emit hot air. They're just big fans, okay? It's like a propeller on a plane. It's pushing the air, all right? If you know uh, much about aerodynamics, the air is still just fluid, and they're just trying to push the air over the wings to create lift, and there's no hot air blasting out. When you walk by an engine that's on, it's not hot, and when you go through a flock of birds, and they go through these turbofans, and they get all chopped up in there, because my dad was a pilot, mind you, the, the birds don't come out singed. The feathers aren't singed at the end. There's no hot air, okay, period, the end. Maybe on a f- super jet coming off of an aircraft carrier at war or something, those jet engines emit hot air, yes, because they're different, okay? But in, when we're sitting around watching passenger jets and whatever go by, and we're like, oh, that plane has nothing coming out of the back. That's normal, the end. Okay, so this controlled debate of the contrail, chemtrail, it's kind of a controlled division tactic, and it's, it's not really real. So the short trail, the medium trail, and the long trail, as I like to call them, are all different chemicals. So the short trails are usually primer planes. They prime the sky um, uh, for different chemicals. It's just when it um, unravels into the haze, you can't see it as much. I believe it's barium. So you, you're mixing chemicals in the sky as a laboratory. It's a NASA quote, and they're, doing, they're charged differently, so they attract to each other. It's generally barium, aluminum, and strontium, and each one looks a little different when it's sprayed out of generally drones nowadays. There's patents going back all the way to the 70s, barium release rocket drones from NASA and what have you. And so that's really the answer on that one, that there's different chemicals being sprayed to modify the weather or to slowly mess with the sky so that they can eventually say, oh, yeah, we've been geoengineering to save you. You're welcome. But if you know anything about greenhouse effect, if you add a layer of aluminum, you might that might totally backfire and it might create crazy greenhouse effects and heat like a microwave because how are the, how's the light that get in going to get out if there's aluminum layer? You know, it doesn't make sense. 
And I think they're trying to create a dystopia where the heating actually does happen. And they say, oh, we've got to keep spraying. It's not working. And it's just, you know, we can't give our, our power away to these control mechanisms that are just a very, very minimal amount of the overall percentage of the people. This is a very small group trying to control all of us with lies. And if you know about the consolidation of the media, there's only five companies that own almost all of the media, you know, and they all talk to each other and, can, and, can, and create these dialogues together to have us divided over topics, you know, where we're not even having the right arguments or conversations to begin with. It's not truth versus falsehoods, there's two falsehoods that we're bickering over or whatever. It doesn't right. make sense sometimes. Yeah. No, it does make sense. And it's like that in a lot of different environments, not just maybe something about the skies. There's infiltration in UFO community. There's infiltration mm -hmm. all over the place. So, um, uh, so, I mean, I've seen here in LA, I've seen chemtrails like you wouldn't believe. I actually uploaded them some to YouTube. I got to go find them from back in under the Bush administration. It was unbelievable. They were spraying like freaking crazy back then. And uh, how do have been super dangerous? I think they were just kind of anesthetizing the population with uh, with all these chemicals. What Can you explain what the chemicals do to the land and average person? Uh, yeah. And we're all left to thinking, what are they doing? Why are they doing that? Um, during what you said, the Bush administration in Los Angeles, Ted Gunderson, who was um, FBI chief of Los Angeles and Dallas and a couple regions, Ted Gunderson started speaking out. He was an FBI chief and he started speaking out against chemtrails and also child trafficking. And his heart ended up exploding. He died um, of a, of a, quote, heart attack, but I don't think it was, and no one in the truth community thinks it was. And his little clips are in Frankenskies, what media he did put out, when in LA, and he called them death dumps, you know? Um, so people are left scratching their heads, activists, and we're wondering, what are they spraying? So some days it'll rain right after all these planes show up with these different lines in the sky, and what goes up must come down, it comes out in the rainwater sometimes. So people, activists can gather the rainwater up and send it in, but then we gotta tell the company, the, the lab, what to test it for. So it gets kind of complicated, but oftentimes what's showing up is, um, well, it gets kind of complicated. The who, what, why, where, when, how, it, a, a lot of people wanna be able to have all these answers before they can convey mess, these truth, um, conspiracies, whatever, like chemtrails, to their friends, families, and peers. And if they don't have all those answers, it's really hard. The who, what, why, where, when, how, it can all get wrapped up with the story of the Department of Energy, okay? It, 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 it goes all through the military and what have you. But when you learn about the Department of Energy and how they're um, involved, you can answer a lot of the questions and start to become like kind of a chemtrail activist. So the Department of Energy, they don't want solar energy, solar power to proliferate. So they want to get behind the scenes and dim the sky and say, we need it or whatever, so that their oil and coal can always um, be the energy that we need and they can maintain and be these greedy a-holes in charge and what have you. So also when they burn coal, there's these coal, there's scrubbers that make sure this black nasty smoke doesn't go in the atmosphere and they scrub the, the soot and that's what's called coal fly ash. And in that coal fly ash are um, these nanoparticulates of all that dirty stuff, um, aluminum, barium, strontium, titanium, cadmium, all these things that are coming up in the rainwater after the um, spray days. So people are wondering where they're getting it from. Well, there's actually from these power plants that burn the coal, 
there's railroads that go directly to Air Force bases and people are coming to my conferences with all of this follow the money uh, research and all of this information about how what's being sprayed in the sky is just the soot from basically the coal being burned and some of it's being filtered and some of it's not and you can pull out the different chemicals and then remix them in the atmosphere together so it's, instead of taking this toxic product that's not supposed to go in the sky and and disposing of it just kind of like fluoride how they do that they're putting it back into the environment um for nefarious agenda you know to basically get us sick and mess with the weather and all these other things you know as these different constituents come to ground level like aluminum it's a lot of it's aluminum so you can dissipate rain clouds with aluminum so as a storm approaches you can just spray aluminum and the and the storm won't drop any rain you could spray other things to make it rain but aluminum is one of the main things that's sprayed and aluminum is showing up in the trees it's showing up in our blood and our hair in our brains and a lot of it's coming from just the aerosolization of it and it's leading to alzheimer's and dementia and all those things you can learn about detoxing and chelating and avoiding fluoride is really important you don't have fluoride toothpaste and what have you because fluoride it comes from the aluminum industry when aluminum is melted fluoride comes off of it it's a toxic byproduct of making aluminum so those two things when they're mixed in your body and go to your brain they have chemical reactions in your brain and the fluoride actually helps the aluminum bypass the blood brain barrier and if you can just avoid one of those two elements or ideally both of them and stay mineralized and healthy and you're not absorbing these toxins from the environment if you're I'm kind of on a little a side note but we're not victims to it all is what I'm saying. It, right. No, but can. I think that's I think that's important because we need to have some means like you say that you have a special kind of clothing line. I mean there has to be means to resist this and chelating I've heard is one and there are natural chelating I think it's cilantro is a very powerful chelating agent and some of these other herbs are very healthy for you. So if people are getting sprayed there's ways or means to uh counter countervail those effects have you heard of any type of natural chelating agents uh yeah definitely also spirulina um and chlorella it'll bond to these heavy metals and pull them out of your system uh diatomaceous earth also and if you look at these diatoms they're like little filters uh, they're little ancient sea creatures diatomaceous earth and they help pull these things out. Um, also, zeolite. You can test your hair and see what you've got going on, or consult a naturopath. Um, but aside from that, it's really important to understand mineralization. There's such simple truths like acidity and alkaline diet that are kept from us. Okay, they want you to think to rely on big pharma and all these things. But if your body is not mineral deficient, then you're not absorbing all these toxins from the environment trying to find the minerals that you need, okay? So this is a very empowering, uh, simple ex um, example. So when we ingest one molecule of sugar, it takes our body 54 molecules of magnesium to process one molecule of sugar. So most of us are magnesium deficient. We don't even know it. Magnesium um, is needed for development of bones, and it's actually a very uh, critical mineral that our body needs. So we can get magnesium from leafy greens, you know, if you just have a nice um, healthy diet of salads and maybe wheatgrass shot here and there or whatever you can get your hands on organic, then it helps because magnesium is the central atom in the chlorophyll molecule. So you get up to speed on your magnesium, topical magnesium, magnesium baths, or um, uh, any other uh, 
diverse mineral supplement that are plant soluble that are like uh, water that you can, sometimes you can go just go to the water store and they have water mineralizers that remineralize your water you know you get up to speed on your minerals and then your body's not absorbing these toxins from the environment so say you're out there in the world and they're spraying radioactive cadmium or something like that which they did on the city of st louis in the 70s and it's exposed in franken skies and that's an amazing bit of the film they're spraying radioactive cadmium and most people out there are absorbing this into their bones because they're mineral deficient and, and it's somewhat similar to magnesium. So your body's like, oh, is that magnesium? And it's pulling it in. And now you've got radioactive strontium chemtrails in your body absorbed into your bones. But if you weren't so mineral deficient, your body would be like, oh, look at all that out there. I don't need it. I'm up to speed on my minerals and I'm a happy, healthy human being. You can learn about... Um, there's other um, different ways of getting minerals like shilajit. Shilajit um, is a mineral pitch that has all sorts of minerals in it. And also just eating healthy and understanding what GMO is. It's, they try to muddy the waters to make it seem deep and confusing. But GMO, it's genetically modified organisms. But why are they modified? They're just simple DNA tweaks so that they can withstand being sprayed with poison, whether it's glyphosate or, or uh, an herbicide or a pesticide or whatever, they're just tweaks so that they can withstand something that would otherwise kill it. You don't want that food that has the poison on it. Spend a little bit extra or consult your farmer or whatever, get the healthier organic stuff, and you're not going to be de depleting your body of these minerals by ingesting these toxins and these little simple things to, to, to curtail your life in a little bit. You know, you don't have to change everything, but you can learn about alkaline, learn about... Dr. Sebi, S-E-B-I, he died to bring this truth to the people about alkaline diet and acidity and what have you. And if you understand these, these very simple things, you can take your power back. Gotcha. And so what? how do you perceive this whole Frankenskies in the, the context of kind of globalization and this rise in technology? Where do you think we are, the truth of where we are now considering HARP? and all these other kind of very powerful instruments and maybe a space force, where do you consider we are now and, and what will we be in the future? Well, HARP has now been, um, it's been shrank down into these big, they look like big golf balls and they're on aircraft carriers and hillsides and they say they're to predict the weather, but they're actually to control the weather. And um, they, they're called Doppler and NEXTRAD and whatnot. And those are ionosphere heaters. And so HARP is now all over the place and mobilized and influencing us big time and will continue to do so even more so into the future. I mean, as the technology persists and we get more and more like 5G antennas everywhere and all of that becomes integrated, it'll be, it'll be more um, in our face and, and, and they'll be able to, for instance, elevate these, these aerosols um, easier with, with more antenna everywhere because they want to rely on this like internet of things uh, 5G network everywhere to microwave these particles and what have you. And then kind of to answer your question, when we first had these lockdowns last year, they said, oh, everyone got locked in their homes. The climate was okay then and global warming went down. We need to start doing climate change lockdowns. So that's like Frankenskies 2. I'm working on Frankenskies 2, the movie. Check out frankenskies2.com. That's where the dystopia starts to come in where they're like, oh, well, what was weird was they stopped spraying chemtrails is really what happened. So on that day, on those days when the whole world, the whole Western world got locked down last year, the skies ended up being blue 
and people were telling me, look at these amazing cobalt blue skies and fluffy clouds and there's no spraying anywhere. And I believe they stopped spraying so that the temperatures could stop going up necessarily. They didn't geoengineer for a little bit so that they could say, oh, look, we locked you in your homes and now climate change, global warming was quelled for a minute. Let's do that some more and your smart meter will watch you and make sure you don't go outside and all this other dystopian nonsense because they're integrating all these things, linking them together to, I mean, it's going to be a, we're entering into a, a whole new world where they want to globalize all of it. And I mean, it's, it's going to go slippery slope and it's happening right before our eyes. And here we are to witness it and kind of buck the system and bring the truth forward. And yeah, it's, it's going to get weird as all of it gets integrated, especially with a 5G network. And when do you anticipate having Frankenskies 2 done? That's a great question. The experiment um, that was to happen in Tucson, Arizona, that got pushed to Sweden, that now has Greta Thunberg as the controlled opposer of it, saying, we need UN governance to globally do geoengineering. They want to launch next year in June in Karuna, Sweden, a balloon with Harvard and Bill Gates and Sweden, NASA, and spray chemtrails out of a balloon to see which aluminum variant works best to dim the sun. Wow. I'd like to be there to propose to um, protest that and stop them. And ideally, there's some sort of... <laughs> Ideally, the movie comes out next year with us with us stopping at least that. I'd like to document some success in that, or the movie will document them launching geoengineering and us uh, protesting it at home. But definitely, the Sweden experiment has to be in the movie. You know what I mean? And so um, the movie is is coming together, but it's all happening right before our eyes. And ideally, we can do something positive to have the movie show our success as a global community but it's but it can't come out until at least next june is what i'm saying um, because they're going to spray the skies and say you're welcome we're going to do this all at once neither we stop them or we don't but it's a very pivotal time for the for the conversation and for humanity right. i mean if you can get video of that that would just be incredible to be there with thunberg and some bill gates foundation placards or whatever really be something else i didn't think bill gates is involved in i mean Wow. Um, and you have like you talk about the global community, you have kind of a side organization called Actual Activists. Can you talk about that in context of uh, your geoengineering research? So actualactivists.com um, was when I first became an activist, I was told that I had to keep it to one subject to be a specialist. But truth is a frequency. And on that vibration of truth is all these other truths. And they're all encompassing. I mean, if you look at this holistic approach, even just aluminum crosses um, all these different um, actual activists, yeah.com. Even just aluminum, if you look at it, it, it goes, it connects GMO, fluoride, health, all these things. So actual activists has these different tabs at the top. One of them's health, one of them's chemtrails, uh, geoengineering, uh, one of them's fluoride, one of them was um, a word that I'm not even going to, yeah, that word, this word, um, yeah. this, this word. And, and there's a lot of amazing truths there. And I'm going to have actually a, um, a TV guy kind of podcast thing for all of the different truthers to um, show the community. There's different tr um, truth podcasts out in the world. But in terms of 
chemtrails, it's so important for people to see that all of these truths are related. So there's actually a daily truth blog on there where I have a daily, uh, it's called a daily truth. And um, you can sign up for that notification, but it's just, it's, it's all just truth and it's all, it's all interwoven and you can't just right. talk about one because how am I going to talk about chemtrails and then leave people in fear and not talk about health and not talk right. about em embracing health and get and chelation and not talk about cilantro and diet and all these things. And then I'm, I mean, I can't talk about the aluminum and chemtrails and then not mention the aluminum in these injections. I mean, the, the, as an adjuvant, Aluminum is in all these things, these things, you know, and if you learn about um, children and they develop a blood brain barrier at the age of 18 months, no injection should be given to a child before the age of 18 months, you know, I mean, I would say never, but you, you learn these things and yeah, the Tavistock Institute and matcha over coffee and the alkaline levels. I mean, the Bohemian Grove, they all come together to do these things together, and he's taking baby syndrome. That was a whole psychosis that was a lie because of SIDS, you know? And these things right. are all needed to be known to understand where we're at, who we are, how important the truth is. And you can't just, you know, ignore these certain things is, is how that this is all this holistic all actual activist.com came together. This is like the antidote to the corporate media. <laughs> exactly. And then the idea for actual activists is you know like are you an activist or are you are you are you just at home clicking like on facebook or are you really sharing truth you know i want to empower people to to get out in the world and and, and actually do stuff and, and what right. have you so so this is going to evolve into a kind of a micro funding of activism also a social media thing and then eventually a, a network of, of podcasts of truth and stuff because we're all so spread out and there's no a, there's no home base and also, like, what do you do? You go on YouTube and type in geoengineering. It'll show you Geostorm. They'll totally control your entire uh, stream of information. We can't even walk around a bookstore anymore, it seems, to, to, to have free will of what we're going to look at and what have you. We need to be um, able to access different um, streams of information, these different podcasts. You That's know, I don't true. even know how I came across your show recently, but it's, you really have to try and dig. And it shouldn't be that hard to find truth. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally agree. And that was the theme in your film, too, is that her name was what? Kristen Megan. She said, stay away from some of these are purposeful disinformation trolls. So you got to really be careful out there about sources of information. Where can people uh, watch the movie? Again, it's uh, frankenskiesthemovie.com, right? People can watch uh, it. Yes. I was very much blessed over the... After years and years, I was able to get frankenskies.com, which will take you over to frankenskiesthemovie.com, but it's easy to remember. And then also I'm on Facebook, Matt Landman, and I'm on Instagram, Instagram at sparrowgear, S-P-E-R-O, gear. And sparrowgear.com is my silver-lined EMF protective clothing line. Um, S-P-E-R-O, like Spiro is a Latin, uh, Spanish, Italian word, means hope. And the idea there for Sparrow Gear is to bring hope to the next generation through protection from 5G and what have you. So I have baby blankets and all sorts of um, what have you for protection from all that. And then if you want to email me, frankenskies at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from people and hearing people's stories and um, you know, keeping this network of, of truth and activism alive because especially now in the past couple of years, we kind of see how important it is to plant all these seeds because now in this empire of lies, this, the soil is so fertile where all those seeds of truth have been planted 
that finally um, fertility is here and we can have this, these seeds sprout and these people can finally wake up because yeah. it's all in, the, in our face now. Yeah, and people have to really be careful because things and you get the wrong person in charge with these kind of powerful weapons, and uh, we're all in trouble. So I highly recommend people go check out Frankenskies the movie. Again, his name is Matt Landman, and thanks so much for your time, Matt. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, all right take care. Stay there.